0: You know we have to explain this stuff in a way that people understand if the mind is agitated the body is agitated we know that that's that's entrenched in science and research and um so if you are telling yourself negative things it has a physiological consequence what does that mean well if i'm sitting here and i tell myself i'm shit and i'm not worthy or i uh you know i don't have the skills or you know just negative self-talk well It upregulates your physiology. It puts you into what we call a fight or flight state. Activates the sympathetic division of your autonomic nervous system. Increases your heart rate. Increases your blood pressure. It creates physiological stress. Holding
1: my head again. Making my way through crowded thoughts. Sometimes it's hard to get out of it.
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Please Blow My Mind with me, Will Fleming, in this awkward time that New Zealand finds itself in. Level 4 lockdown for some, level 2 lockdown for others, and a pandemic raging across the world for all of us, mentally and physically. So, just want to uh, acknowledge the fact that, you know, we're trying to recalibrate, we're trying to understand what's the bits from the past that we need to carry forward and what's the future mean and all of this stuff and look for me I funnel that all through my podcast this podcast please blow my mind with me Will Fleming and and I've done so for a wee while because I guess asking these bigger questions is not new for me but I know many of us have been prompted into what it means to be in this modern world so look I just wanted to say that uh, the pursuit of um, understanding is as old as life itself and it is on us to I guess continue to try and learn and think and feel and progress and understand when sometimes we're the bad one that we accuse others of being and it's a really interesting space well it's an interesting space to be alive because it's a journey and it's this multi-dimensional complex system which includes us growing from young to old and and passing through the realms of existence as we go, and I guess I try and capture that a little bit in this podcast. So if you dare to travel with me, thank you so much for continuing to do so. This week's guest is a lovely chap called Dave Wood. Now he's a fellow polmonaut, is it, someone interested in breathing and um, really, uh, in a way, of trying to understand how breathing impacts every single thing we do. And it is certainly true, it's just that it's a missing pillar in this modern world that we live. The fact that we outsource our breathing to this automatic function in our body. And I guess the big thing is if that automatic function is misfiring or miscalibrated or not calibrated at all, well guess what you get? The exact output of the automatic feature. And Dave you know along with me and you know, friends of mine like Gareth, we run Minava Breathing together. I, I guess we're trying to all kind of support people in taking manual overdrive of the breathing system until at such a point that you can re release it to an automatic uh, feature. So, look, I hope that makes sense. Um, it probably might and might not, but that's exactly where we need to sit. Let me tell you a bit more about Dave. One thing I didn't know about Dave before we chatted is that, um he is, and was, and is—I'm not exactly sure where those lines blur—a chronic pain sufferer, and I guess this chronic pain became something that, you know, not like addicted to, but you recalibrate to, and you and you try and uh, live with, and and this sent Dave on a bit of a spiral of trying to find solutions, and 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 where it kind of landed was this deeper connection to himself, to realise that the mind-body connection to pain was something that Dave had to kind of unlock for himself and he became the solution. The other thing you might not know or you might know about Dave Wood is he's the breathing coach for our top UFC fighters like Israel Adesanya and Shane Young, etc. And I just think that's an awesome signal that like basically if you want to know if breathing works, right? Test it out by putting yourself in an octagon and basically last man standing and 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 the things that work are present in that and I believe there's even a clip of Israel Adesanya kind of talking about mouth breathers and nose breathers and the fact that he's a nose breather and I think we should definitely take our hats off or tip our hats to Dave Wood and the work he's doing um, in our local space to keep you know to keep uh, especially our warriors elite of the elite in terms of using physical force um, calm and it sounds kind of oxymoron or opposite but it's definitely not it's the yin to the yang so look i think that's about the most uh, about the part i want to jump into this podcast the one thing i will add is that this includes a patreon only segment to the podcast and what that means is towards the end of the chat when we go into the deepest deep uh, we will sign off in the free version that you are listening to here. And to pick that up again, please visit patreon.com forward slash mind. There's about 20 to 30 minutes of extra content featuring this awesome guest, Dave Wood. And look, it's like you get heaps out of the free one, but I'm really trying to encourage this partnership, especially in this COVID world of like you support me, I support you, we support each other. Uh, the only one... Um, hopefully who's not feeling ripped off as the guest who has to uh, spend an hour with me talking for free and then another half an hour with me talking for um, the patreon only audience but look we're testing this out i hope it goes well i will and always will say if you don't want to support but you still want to hear the full podcast just touch base just email me please blow my mind podcast at gmail.com i'm not here to segregate anyone from the amazing conversation but i am here to try and build something special together And that and that includes kind of like us supporting each other Sometimes with a few pennies from the pocket Okay team, let's jump into this amazing podcast featuring Dave Wood I want to thank you at home for blowing my mind And listening to the podcast, I want to thank Dave Wood for blowing my mind So let's jump into this week's episode of Please Blow My Mind
1: Bringing out the fight, yeah, bring on all the love Cause I'm Looking for a hero Look inside the mirror I find one Oh, carry the hurt When it gets too hard Pick it up, dust it off When I fall down 11 I get up 12 Don't need nobody else Yeah, I Can save myself
2: Had this idea, Dave And Sorry, we're not going yet That I might record 30 minutes and if you're open to it, I might, I've been trying to build my Patreon page, which is uh, people who can support by donating, you know, and they kind of get exclusive content. And if you're kind of open, maybe the second 30 minutes, we can pop up on there, but only if you're kind of cool, because it
0: will will depend on how good the first 30 minutes
2: (laughs) is. All right. Well, let's go with that. I'll put a timer on. That's all good. yeah Yeah. i'll save all of the, the grunt questions till till then okay team here with dave wood um bro first of all uh just saying before we kicked off the podcast that it was our first preference to wait to catch up in person but we've had to settle for the second the second best the mouth breathing of podcasts which is uh catching up virtually so thanks man for taking time to join me today
0: good uh, man, um, uh, the first time I saw anything to do with yourself was the Manava breathing, and I saw you, you put this post up of the app that you've got, where mm. you know you inhale and in the circle gets bigger and smaller. Mm. Uh, and straight away, well, I was like, "Far out! I need an app like that." So uh, <laughs> you're probably already way more uh, technologically advanced than what I am. Yeah, uh, a-
2: I mean that's the thing about the online world is you never really know how people are behind the lens. Right. And I mean, I dabble with that a little bit on this podcast to try and blend those two, but the story behind that app is uh, I've got, I had a neighbor. Well, yeah, I had a neighbor because we've moved now and he's like this MacGyver of online. He can can, like, look at something. I'll give him a shout out. Murray, what's up Murray. And um, he was Uh, just, he happened to be, yeah, that's right. He happened to be building, uh, learning how to build apps. And so I said, hey, I've got this idea and just started this company, my friend Gareth and me, and basically you breathe in at this rate and breathe out at this rate. And he's like, I'll give it a go. And so he blimmin sent me back this app and he's like, are you good, You good? ready to go? And it just totally blew us away. But, you know, it's one of those things that, of course, you upload it and you look at the 99 positive comments and then the one comment that says, is it available on Android? You know, and it's a funny, amen, man, how we like, I don't know. Are you like this? Do you um, Have you worked out how to take the win? Because <laughs> I feel like maybe on mass now we're all online. We're all commenting. It's, it's really hard to see that there might be a hundred people saying good on you, mate. And that one person saying, you know, thumbs down. What's your view on that, bro? Are you good at that stuff?
0: Uh, I think it's just something you learn, right? Like as you go through life, like mm. growing up, you're obviously heavy, heavily influenced by what people think and say. And I was definitely heavy, heavily influenced, and um, you know, everything that I was trying to do was to impress my mates. Or I think we're all a bit like that. But as you get older, you sort of learn like um, some sort of backlash, right? That's just that's just how it is, you know. If you get, and part of this, like doing starting this business, was like. Starting an Instagram page, and I didn't have Instagram before I started this business, and I found it very difficult to put myself out there. Mm. It was the way that I grew up out here at Piha, very um, small little community, and the group, group of mates that I sort of grew up with, like incredible guys, but if you put your put your head up too far, you got pushed down, you know. And so it was um, that was a huge obstacle for me starting this business was like putting myself out there.
2: That's an interesting kind of Kiwi story too, right? Where you know, I guess we call it, it's not, hmm, I think we should probably carefully unpack that a little bit because you've got the tall poppy syndrome that people talk about, but you've kind of got this uh, masculine when you kind of describing maybe the older generation, like shut up and listen, you know, and don't express yourself and just listen. And I guess it just depends what for, what are we like? If, if you think about lifeguarding and stuff, it's probably worth shutting up and listening how to do things properly. Right. and, and, and you know I guess that's just the tension because I guess somewhat I have it for myself I can't really go to my dad and say hey look I'm practicing doing this podcast stuff Um, got any tips you know it's more like well he did give me tips but it was more observing him like at the pub or something like that how they interact with people
0: the best leaders are the silent leaders right the ones Mm -hmm. that just do the work they do the thing and it's like and it's like whoever's watching is like is yeah you, you need to like uh put yourself out there but the best way to put yourself out there is just to just to leave like just to do the thing and, and uh you know other people will cotton on and I think that's the most powerful way to um go about getting your stuff uh getting your stuff out there it's just mm. to get the work done focus on the work
2: absolutely absolutely how, how how's it going like how long have you been running your business now
0: uh, it's been like two years. Uh, yeah, it's been like the sort of most challenging two years of my life, sort of work-wise, uh, and coming into the space of um, training athletes. Like I don't have a background, and I've never worked in a gym in my life. You know, I don't have a background in in high performance. Uh, work. So my background is in lifeguarding, professional ocean lifeguarding, which sort of took me around the world, uh, and 12 years of working as an intensive care paramedic on a frontline ambulance. And so I bring that, uh, those practical skills along with a theory base in health science mm. uh, into the field of uh, performance, uh, sport performance. But not just full performance, like we don't, uh, you know, the people that we work with are athletes, corporates, uh, the guy up the road who's got back pain and, you know, it's anyone who's motivated to make change and wants to embrace uh, substantial change. And that requires that you put in a bit of effort, right? Like there's no Mm -hmm. quick fix or anything. And, you know, a big thing coming through this business and to the point where I'm at now, it's like I don't have the time to, waste so if you're going to want to do the work and, and come on and, and train well you have to be motivated right you have to show that uh you're not in it for a quick fix and um that's like uh you know after 12 years of working on an ambulance you, your sort of tolerance for human beings uh wavers a little bit um but it's not only that it's i think a lot of time is uh People, we expect, like, the trainer to motivate you, and it's not about that. It's like, if you come to me and you're motivated, man, I'll put in, if you put in 100%, I'll put in 110%. That's how it works. Hmm.
2: Yeah, man. Um, I mean, you know, the interesting side, too, is there seem like a, how can I frame this? We live in an interesting time, eh, bro? You know, like like, we have this beautiful green country, you know, because we're here in New Zealand and um, we've got these beaches, and you know, we even market it to the world, yet you look at statistics around mental health and suicide, and they kind of they skyrocket as well. And I you kind of trying to break down what is it, what is that about, you know, and um, I mean, maybe it's not directly the stuff you're talking about, but I like the idea that you're like in the space but you had to get there through not entirely uh, traditional ways because because that's the space we live in now like we're we're like learning as we go right and i know that's a hard thing to admit but i guess it's interesting as well i mean it must be fun for you bro like um is it fun for you can i make that judgment <laughs> um
0: I think the fun the fun part is in like the striving to reach the destination, right? And that can be both fun, but also it can be uh, kind of tormenting and frustrating because you're trying to you're trying to get to this thing, and if you focus too much on the thing, well, then you're you're looking into the future too much right now, and, and, and you're not like in the moment. Uh, and I've fallen, I've definitely fallen into that trap in the past of like. You know, just focusing on, on building this thing up and getting there. We all want to get there. But everything good and purposeful that happens in life is because you go through the process, right? And so in the last, especially in the last sort of eight months, I've really tried to focus just on the day-to-day process. And that comes back to, like, clear goals, you know? Like, you have clear goals that you do, uh, that you have every single day and you've got to tick those off to get to the big thing. And that keeps you process focused. It keeps you like in the moment. Yeah, but it's been it's been fun, but it's been frustrating. It's been like, uh, it's definitely not been a linear process like any uh, business, you know, like I've never run a business before. And it's been a huge learning curve, especially, you know, working on the ambulance for 12 years, uh, technology, all the technology stuff sort of goes over your head. And then all of a sudden you're in the world of social media and websites and accounting and, and all this stuff around the periphery of owning a business, which um, like a huge learning
2: curve um inside your business are you like the everything are you the you know sales <laughs> social media manager um you know yeah. ceo whatnot is or have you managed to be able to like grow a little bit not grow but is it outsource or are you still doing everything
0: now I've, I've started to outsource um a lot of the stuff that i was trying to do, but it was just running me into the ground. It was like you you get to a point where you're just like, right, if I'm gonna grow and not um you know not explode, well I've got to find the right people, right? And that's a huge part in every facet of life is surrounding yourself with the right people, finding the right people. And I've been very lucky in that a lot of those people as I've gone through this process it's sort of fallen into my lap so to speak. Mm. Um and we're starting to bring people on now that um, starting to take part in the training side of the business but also uh help you know with the books and things like that and with building the uh the actual business up in terms of uh the website and social media stuff and all that but uh it's hard it's hard to like offload something that you have created um because you want to find the people that have this are on the same wavelength as you right that that i have got the same um you know the same outlook and and it's hard to find that but uh you know we're we're pretty lucky we've got a couple of uh really good guys that have jumped on board uh and we're gonna really push this thing over the next year and expand uh, in a sustainable way. So yeah.
2: Yeah man that's awesome. Um for those who haven't come across you before um what is it that you do in your business? I think we should um, spend a bit of time diving into that. Cause I, I mean, I definitely would like to know, obviously we have a mutual interest in the breathing space, but gosh, that is uh, new, but also getting pretty fl- flooded pretty quickly. And so um, when I check out your Instagram, there's a lot of movement, there's kind of attention to detail. There's this merging of body and mind, but maybe you could say it in your words.
0: Yeah, I guess it all goes back to the story of, you um, you know, how I got here and working, in, you know, sort of eight years as a professional ocean lifeguard and going over to England and, and uh, doing um, lifeguarding full-time over there. You learn, in lifeguarding, you learn, like, a lot of, uh, you have a lot of autonomy. Uh, and out of the most, uh, I guess it's one of the most dangerous beaches in the world, you know, it's like the Tasman Sea is a crazy place and the rips that we have here and the the numbers that we get on the beach. And so from a young age, I was in that environment where you have to make decisions, uh, you know, managerial decisions on the beach about uh, where the flags go and uh, how to operate the beach. And and then sort of learning that stuff through lifeguarding, learning those skills and then taking them abroad and traveling, And when I came back to New Zealand after being abroad for sort of 10 years, whilst I had the background in lifeguarding, I didn't really have any skill that I could then go and, you know, make money from or build a career out of. And uh, I was walking down to go for a surf and bumped into a mate and he told me about this Paramedic degree that he's doing and so I went out for a surf and I started thinking about this paramedic degree and I was like yeah that sort of resonates with me because of lifeguarding and you know a big part of lifeguarding is um, you know rescuing people and and medical events that happen on the beach and and so forth and then the next day I enrolled in this degree and started two weeks later uh, and that was 11 years ago and working on the ambulance for 11 years it's um, you know your scope of practice is very broad I'm an intensive care paramedic so it sort of takes so eight years to get up to that level and that's after doing a, four, a three-year degree and a postgraduate uh, diploma and working in the pre-hospital environment uh, you have to be able to remain calm in high pressure high stress situations because you have to um, be able to make clinical decisions under pressure and what I started noticing was that this jobs I would uh, tense up you know and I couldn't at, at certain points, I couldn't focus my mind, and sort of having an understanding about the, um, you know, the nervous system and what was actually happening at those moments, and the hormones that were, were um, at play there, sort of led me to start looking into how to better control this, and. Uh, so yeah, I got really interested in the whole stress, uh, how, how how to better handle stress, and then really getting into and starting running my business was really the result of a bilateral hip surgery and developing that that surgery was a failure, and I developed chronic pain. And pain is has been the most challenging thing in my life, hands down. I've been through some some pretty gnarly stuff, but. Pain has been, chronic pain has been the most difficult thing that I've ever dealt with. And it was through developing this chronic pain and the failed hip surgery that I started really um, relying on people to fix me. And uh, I call it the feedback loop from hell, but I went from a chiropractor to physio to muscular therapist, to hip um, specialist. And I sort of got to the point where I was like, if I could get all these people in one room. I would probably you know i would make huge progress but it was never the case you know when once people are specialised, they tend to look at you from from their specialization you know and so it sort of was a light bulb moment one day i was like right if i'm going to get myself out of chronic pain and out of this dysfunction we have to do it myself and that started a real deep unrelenting focus into getting my body right Uh, And that wasn't a linear process, you know. It started off with looking into nutrition, anti-inflammatory foods, and and I went really deep into that. And I went deep into the whole muscle imbalance side of things and strength and conditioning work. And, you know, then I went deep into, um, right, how can I calm my nervous system down into the meditative side of things? And what I found after like three or four years of going through this process is I was doing the exact same thing as what I was doing before, which I was focusing on one thing. And that was another light bulb moment, right? Let's bring all this stuff together. And when I did that, I got better in leaps and bounds. And one of the last bits to the puzzle, to because my nervous system was really shot from having this chronic pain all the time, and uh, it was stuck in that upregulated um, division of the autonomic nervous system, that sympathetic tone, you know, and I could feel it in my body. It was constantly guarding and, and, and sort of um, had a lot of muscle tension and tension in my jaw and... Um, I was driving to Napier from Auckland to Napier and I chucked this podcast on Listen to this lady, um, Dr. Blisa Vranish. Have you heard of her?
2: Name rings a she's bell. A,
0: yeah, she's um, uh, a very, um, she's a psychologist but is also in this breath space around uh, breathing muscle training.
2: Yeah, I think I have heard uh, of
0: her. And anyway, um, I was listening to this podcast and she's talking about this breathing to calm your nervous system. And... I did it while she was explaining it i did this breathing and i really tapped into it over five, 10 minutes and i was sitting there driving because i get a lot of pain in my hips and i was driving and that pain went away and i was like wow there's something very powerful here between the connection between the breath and pain well what is that connection and having that background in health science i was able to piece that together and then i was like right this is the last bit to the puzzle you know this is like bring this breathing stuff and Because my breathing was really had really been affected by being in a constantly stressed state, my breathing was upregulated. My breathing was, you know, upper chest. I was mouth breathing. All these things that we talk about now that we shouldn't be doing was what I was doing based Mm on stress and pain. So, yeah, sorry that was a bit long winded, but it's beautiful.
2: Keep going, man. Like it's not long winded, bro. It's not long winded. (laughs) That's exactly what we need to be going this deep into it because there's not space for this stuff anywhere. But Man, people are desperate to know, as am I. Please keep going.
0: Yeah, so it was, um, I had all this knowledge, you know, and I was like, I sort of felt, I got myself out of chronic pain and I was sort of building myself up. Um, and I sort of thought, man, this is, this is something I'm extremely passionate about, you know, and when you have passion, it's, um, you know, you want to drive that towards something. And for me, it was starting this business and, When i first started the business it was in uh my garage right here which is part of my house uh and i was just seeing the guy up the road who had back pain and helping him with with his pain and his muscle imbalance and started getting really deep into this muscle imbalance stuff and um you know muscle inhibition and especially around the lumbar pelvic complex and you know we see a lot of that secondary to complacent adaptation sitting and and, um you know our lifestyle and so Mm -hmm. i really enjoyed it's like a puzzle you know humans humans are like puzzles trying to work them out in terms of their imbalance and one of the things I started noticing was that everyone that was coming in had this breathing imbalance because I, I could recognize it now because I had it myself you know and I was like man I want to get I want to like go deeper into this breathing stuff um and that really started this um again this unrelenting drive to learn everything about the breathing and I already had a very in-depth understanding of respiratory physiology uh based on you know, my background as an intensive care paramedic where you have to understand that stuff intricately because we deal with acute respiratory problems, uh, some life-threatening in the pre-hospital setting. And so I was able to bring that knowledge into the, into the space of this breathing uh, work and really learn how to bring this, because this, there's no blueprint for this breathing, right? And you will know that um, it's, it's so relatively new that you go looking for, okay, well, you know, if you want a strength and conditioning program, it's really easy to find. If you want a breathing program, it's not so easy to find. So that's right. You know, that uh, has been the biggest drive over the last couple of years is to create this high-performance breathing program. Uh, again, that's not been a linear process, uh, but I'm pretty happy where we've got it to now.
2: Mm. Bro, um, thanks for sharing that. That's, um, that's just amazing to hear your way into it, you know? And of course we're not, you know, we could spend hours and maybe we will one day have a coffee or something and talk really deeply. But I think it's worth people really taking time to listen to that story because it's like where we can all relate is there's something always leaning on us, you know, whether it's a, I think a physical pain is, is something else though. Like if you've ever had a, a toothache that won't go away and I can remember a specific time like pain registers and sticks in your mind and i sit here today thinking back to i'm so happy i don't have that now but imagine i did and it sticks with you and it's and that must be something of the definition of chronic pain i don't know if you said it or if you don't want to go into it but did you say it was a surgery that gave you the chronic pain
0: yeah so i have i've got um what you call uh, fai femoral acetabular impingement just basically on the uh, how your femur, you know, you have your femur bone and, and then the head of the femur sits on top of the bone. Well, I've got, I had these big bony spurs here that had been there for a long time, but they basically wore away at the joint and I had labral tears uh, and osteoarthritis in there. Mm. So they went in and did an orthoscopic surgery where they shaved those bone spurs off, reattached the labrum, and they shave off all the dead cartilage or all the, all the frayed cartilage. Uh, and those bones, after the surgery, those bones grew back. Um, and so it, it was deemed to fail the surgery, and I developed chronic pain from that. And, you know, the pain system is a, uh, it's a crazy thing because, um, you know, you become very pain trigger for me. And before I'd start go for a drive, I'd start playing over my head, oh, my hips are going to get sore, and I'd start catastrophizing around it. And so you already start. Initiating pain before even doing the thing, you know, you start these pain signals firing to the brain and, and firing back to that area, and you stimulate pain in that way. And so, it was a huge learning curve around dissociating myself from the pain. And one of the biggest things that helped me get out of chronic pain was that for so many years, people would come up to me and be like, "How are your hips?" and um, it would be a chance for me to sort of like grumble about my hips, right? And oh, yeah, that fucking is not good, and da 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 da. At the point where I made the decision to dissociate from, you know, from the pain was when people would come and ask me how my hips are. I'd just say they're fine. It wouldn't matter if they were sore. I'd just say my hips are fine. My hips are strong. And it's that that positive reinforcement, changing the language around it, and starting to really it started to really drive tra- change. Uh, and so there's so many facets to getting out of um, pain. You know, there's the, the the physical, the mental, and the connection there, and uh, so yeah it was a, a great learning curve for myself and I probably wouldn't change anything now like looking back this is this is how I've got to this point I definitely would like to not have osteoarthritis in my hips but um you know I'm in the gym every day and I'm building this thing up you know I'm building this system up so that uh it's been a huge driver for me to like look forward, you know, like in in 20, 30 years time, I want to be resilient, and strong. And so that requires that you do the work every day. So that's why I, I said to you that pain is such a huge motivator.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I think, I don't think there's one person listening or if we put this up as a little video clip that would disagree, but, you know, you think about our dads, for example, or that generation, like, I don't know how to explain it doesn't sound like it would work. like positive affirmation. That seems to be everything people discounted in the past, you know? like and and when you really think about it, that negative feedback loop, you know grinds down. And uh, even like the idea I was listening to some um, podcasts the other day about dopamine and addiction and and the pain reward system, and that you know once those loops are made, they can entrench themselves and, and your body ends up, you know, kind of not thriving, but being used to it, you know, a new level of middle ground or homeostasis is formed. Um, and I just think what I really like about what you're saying is it's like, it's practical. It's get in the gym and work your butt off and do everything that people are saying, but there's this other element too. Am I right? Am I picking that up that it is mind positivity that, the things you say matter. And I don't know how to explain it, Dave, because that's the bit Kiwis aren't, well, this is my judgment. We're not really good at the things that, you know, um, you can't see, feel or touch, but that stuff sounds like it's equally as important that you saying the hips are strong as the work you're doing physically as well.
0: Yeah, it's everything. It is absolutely everything. We we talk about mind-body connection as soon as as people hear that they, associate it with being a hippie or a yogi or whatever, yeah. not that those are things, but we have to understand what it actually means. What is the mind-body connection? Well, and, 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 you know, we have to explain this stuff in a way that people understand. If the mind is agitated, the body is agitated. We know that that's, that's entrenched in science and research. And um, So if you are telling yourself negative things, it has a physiological consequence. What does that mean? Well, if I'm sitting here and I tell myself I'm shit and I'm not worthy, or I'm, uh, you know, I don't have the skills, or you know, just negative self-talk, well, it upregulates your physiology. It puts you into what we call a fight or flight state. Activates the sympathetic division of your autonomic nervous system. Increases your heart rate. Increases your blood pressure. It creates physiological stress. And then that physiological stress agitates the mind because of course you can feel what's going on in your body. Of course you can. And and so the mind starts picking up on that and that's that feedback loop that we're talking about. And you can get stuck in that. And the hardest thing for humans is change, you know? Change, You, you talked about getting stuck in these ingrained patterns. You know, and these ingrained patterns end up becoming our safety, um, you know, our our safety walls or our safety blankets, right? And all the good shit in life is on the other side of that. You've got to tear that stuff down and find the good stuff. Yeah, and that, that involves change. So you have to be willing to like, take a step back, reflect and change. That's like, that's part of like evolution, right? It's just like advancing and moving forward and not getting stuck in these patterns and identifying these patterns. And understanding, yes, the mind-body connection is an actual thing. It's not, um, it's not a whole lot of uh, gobbledygook. It's, um, you know, entrenched in science.
2: Um, I pitched to you at the beginning of this first 30 minutes that if you were okay, we would uh, kind of wrap the, this up and move over to the Patreon page. Are you okay to spend the next 20 minutes with me just continuing like we are, but it will be for a smaller group of uh, people who yeah. support the podcast? awesome bro i'm happy i uh, auditioned and you graciously accepted so team um if you're listening on itunes or wherever you find podcasts um we're going to wrap it up here and i don't mean to do that i actually hate it but you know we're all trying to like test different things out and i've got a group of people who support on patreon and if you want to uh join up it's easy just go on patreon.com forward slash please blow my mind i've got two categories five bucks a month or ten bucks a month and it's for stuff like this i'm aiming to get the most out of uh these conversations so we'll jump over there hey we'll one st- thing yeah, yeah, sure. get
0: on, on, the, on the uh on the page because we're going to start talking about some performance breathing and and go deep into that on, on picking beautiful um
2: the- dave for those people who are just going to wrap it up here where can they follow you uh
0: they can follow me through the instagram uh, WMW under slash integrated under slash training, uh, integrated training uh, or through the website WMW.co.nz.
2: And you don't have to be Israel Adesanya to join up. It can be for everyone, right? Will you take inquiries from people who want to make radical change?
0: Man, every, everyone needs this stuff. So it's not about, we're all athletes, right? Uh, even the office worker in front of the computer for eight hours, you've got to train for that. Uh, otherwise, yeah, you're gonna be in for a rough ride.
2: But yeah, we're all athletes. Beautiful. Okay, so we've jumped over to um Patreon now. Um Dave, we just kinda hit a really important part of this chat and it's around like um, you know, what you can't see but what you can feel and this mind body connection and where I'm really excited to chat around is is you know, I think one of the things that I've personally been interested in but find frustrating is that when you start talking about autonomic systems and fight or flight and rest and digest and parasympathetic and sympathetic it's like we can conceptualize it but we i kind of think we imagine it a little bit like a scale you know and if you can get the scale in the middle that might be what we call homeostasis and if you can get that way the body's and minds maybe not working harder than it needs to it can probably active recover, something like that, unless there's more trauma on it, and then you have to take more drastic action, and look, I'm happy for you to pick me apart, but I guess what I'm saying is we're starting to talk about things now that you can't actually grab, you know, but you definitely can influence, and um, I guess one, what's your kind of thoughts on this, man, because it's, you know, it's different to just going into the gym, and you pick up a weight, and you do something with it, and then after a certain amount of time, if you don't eat, you know, a bad diet, you'll start seeing results, you will see results in what we're talking about, particularly with the breathing. But you have to kind of have a bit of faith in it. I mean, am I wrong there, man? Like, that's the bit I've been trying to grapple with. How do you explain things to people that you can't um, actually see? You know, what is the autonomic nervous system? Why do we need to influence it? You know, all of those type of things. What's your kind of view on that, especially with people who are new to this whole world?
0: And my view is we should be teaching this stuff at school. We should be, you know, um, I was just thinking about this today. You know, I've never coming up through school, you know, you learn, you learn all this stuff, but I never, ever once, you know, in any sort of science class or anatomy and physiology class heard of anything about, you know, how to breathe or, or, um, you know, being able to connect symptoms to pathology. Mm. And really what we have to do is just listen to the body, right? We've got to stand back. We've got to get out of the way of ourselves. We've got to stand back and we've got to listen because these things, these symptoms are signs, right? We don't have to understand everything that's going on in our body, although we should have a base understanding of our own anatomy and physiology. Um, but... We gotta to listen to the signs, you know. Uh, headaches, irritable bowel syndrome, um, eczema—all these, all these. There's a whole lot of body systems that work together.
1: Holding my head again, making my way through crowded thoughts. Sometimes it's hard to get out of it. Broke my heart in the dark. I was just trying to feel something. Falling asleep to the sound of it. Always used to lay you clean up the messes down on my knees. Thought I couldn't stand up on my own. Seems that sometimes you're stronger alone. Bringing out the fight, yeah, bring on all the lightning. Cause I'm looking for a hero. Look inside the mirror, I find. It's too hard, pick it up, dust it off When I fall down 11, I get up 12 Don't need nobody else Yeah, I can save myself Got burned, but I learned Our scars make us who we are Now I'm 10 feet tall over my demons Remind me no one's got me like myself. Yeah, I love me without any help. I'm the best thing to believe in. So I'm bringing out the fire, bring on all the lightning. Cause I. As heavy as a season, and the sun is always right behind the storm.